The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the pineapple and anchovies of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who only uses the best ingredients on his pizza, Josh, how are you doing this evening? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Josh, pineapple anchovies, I mean, these are amongst the worst pizza toppings, right? <laughs> In your opinion, sure. <laughs> um, I said amongst, amongst. Uh-huh. There could be others. So well, if you had to classify then the worst pizza toppings that are- Olives. Okay. All, like black and green or all olives in all general? All of the above. But okay, most so like- no olives. Yeah. Anything else you would have put into that category? Um, I I don't love ham on my pizza. I'm I'm not mad about people who put it on, but I don't I don't know. I just don't love ham in general. Wait a second. So you're cool with pineapple? Yes. But not with the other part of the Hawaiian pizza? Well, I think it. No, I mean I think that it, that has to go with it. And when I do eat ham, or when I did, I would have it with pineapple, like, um. Uh, circles. What are they called? <laughs> the pineapple Canadian circles. Bacon? No, you like you buy like oh, the. Pi- gotcha. We would have ham, buy... and then we would have pineapple with it. Gotcha. So we I understand why rings. it goes with it on the pizza. Um, okay. I don't say I actively eat Hawaiian pizza. I just I don't find it as offensive as a lot of people do. Uh, <laughs> just um, I don't know. I don't know why, but ham reminds me of. Bako bits, but like on pizza, because really? usually when I have ham on pizza, it's like small chopped up pieces, and uh, and it doesn't. I don't know. It, I don't know if it's a texture thing, thing or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. I could just be having bad ham on pizza, um, but I don't know that I've ever had it like how I would picture ham. Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know. Like not cubed, but like I always have. It's always small when I get it on pizzas. That must be maybe that's a East Coast thing because when you get it here, it is quite large and in charge. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know that it's like that here. And maybe I could be thinking of a different meat, like on a meat lover's pizza. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of bacon because I know bacon. I just <laughs> didn't. I made a bad comparison between ham and bacon. Um, we had pizzas today, actually. And oh, we had buffalo. Uh, sorry, barbecue chicken pizza. Mm-hmm. regular cheese and veggie pizza. I got a veggie pizza and nobody touched it. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was like, oh, okay. why did I think people wanted a veggie pizza? And of course I had some and it was covered in black olives. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, while olives are the worst or one of the worst ingredients, you'll still eat olives on a pizza, it sounds like. No, I picked them right off. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, I do find... Uh, I like pineapple, but I'm not a huge pineapple on pizza fan. Sure. And we've had this conversation before. Like, I'm not as opposed to as other people are. But I do think it is interesting, though, how 
you know, when so when you think of a Hawaiian pizza, do you think of pineapple and ham or pineapple and Canadian bacon? Oh, I don't know. In, in, Canadian bacon and ham are interchangeable for me, so I don't necessarily and they are for differentiate. Most people be, <laughs> because most places call like most places that you go get Canadian bacon on your pizza, you're just getting ham. Yeah. But they're actually different things. They're not the egg, like ham is not Canadian bacon. Right. But in America, that's what we do because that's what we do with everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get, I mean, I'm sure there's differences, but I think we've always been taught as Americans that it's the same thing. Uh, well, and that was the, when I worked at a pizza place, uh, and the, the pizza place that I worked at, uh, on the menu, it said Canadian bacon. Yeah. But in our computer, even, uh, <laughs> we when we added the topping, we hit H to add ham. <laughs> so, you know, that was the there way it went. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's like, yeah, ham and... Canadian bacon come from different parts of the pig. So, you know, that's cool. We'll just call them the same thing in America, but, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Well, I was going to make the argument that, you know, almost no matter how bad the toppings are, though, you're still going to eat a pizza. But apparently that's not true. You'll just pick off the toppings. That you yeah. Like. Why? <laughs> Isn't that normal to pick off the toppings you don't like? Is that abnormal? I don't know. I, from the, the stereotypical pizza toppings, I don't know if there's a topping I would pick off. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to pick mushrooms off because my mom liked mushrooms and and she'd make pizza with mushrooms. But mm-hmm. um, I grew to like them, so I, I would I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I if they're canned mushrooms or jarred mushrooms, depending on where you are and where, yeah. where you get them, I might. If they're fresh mushrooms, I'm usually going to leave them. I love the jarred mushrooms, can, See, or I, canned mushrooms, whatever. <laughs> yeah, something about those. I think they they just are very spongy to me usually, yeah. and I just can't quite handle that <laughs> texture. As a texture guy, I'm surprised you're down with that. They're usually for me. I don't have. It's usually crunchy. Like it's good texture. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> uh, other thing that Josh. So hmm. for those of you who are patrons, obviously we, we appreciate it. But you know, bored with everything. Uh, was a thing, and it kind of is still continuing to be a thing, but it's it's changing a little bit, Josh. Right? Yeah, it's evolving. No, it's taken it's taken a seat for a little bit. It is taking a seat for a little bit. So there's been some changes in uh, at PSVG and just with the shows that are happening. Uh, and Josh, you used to do this show called Dollar Cinema. Yeah, and technically, we it was only called um, Exhausted: A Fast and Furious Retrospective with. Um, aspirations of becoming dollar cinema <laughs> <laughs> well now those aspirations are going to be met as we as uh board with everything is going to kind of meld into you know your previous show and dollar cinema is going to to live on with you and i doing it it is yes kevin is uh taking some time off to uh be a good dad and and uh sacrifice uh for the greater good of his um daughters and I didn't want Dollar Cinema to die, uh, or uh, yeah, that's probably the right word. Uh, something I've been very excited about, and um, I reached out to a few people, and uh, uh, Kyle has graciously uh, agreed to do this, co-pilot this show with me, so we can keep it coming for our patrons, and I can keep talking about movies instead of us just trying to do board with everything and only talking about movies so now we have <laughs> the right forum to do that <laughs> yeah so uh do we want to talk about what we're, what we're going to do this month yeah so this month um uh, we are going to uh come out swinging as they say and we're gonna uh 
do both Justice League films. So we're going to watch Justice League and then Justice League The Snyder Cut. If you're familiar with Exhausted, typically we only talk about one film. Um, so we're going to keep that same format and we're just going to to talk about both films. And uh, it'll be a bit – it could be longer, but I think we'll probably aim for a little bit more concise – uh, criticisms and jokes and stuff and probably focus more on the comparisons but who who really knows uh, where it's going to go. One of the things I really liked about Exhausted and looking forward to for Dollar Cinema is it's very loose um, um, I don't want to call it a script but a very loose show notes as far as like it leaves us open to share our thoughts and um, I'm I want to continue doing that. So it should be feel very organic to you guys uh, and gals, with the exception of us reading notes. We, well, at least I'll be taking, I can't say <laughs> I'm not making Kyle take notes, but I do take notes as I watch these films. So, so we'll here's the one promise I will make <laughs> is that our show will be shorter than watching the two movies. Oh man. Yeah. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good promise to make. I think we can come in under that. So that is the promise I will make. But that will be releasing towards the end of the month because obviously Snyder Cut doesn't come out for a while and it's four hours long. So, you know, we need some time to watch that. Uh, but hopefully you'll join us on that and appreciate the diversion of really what Bored With Everything really basically was, was talking about movies most of the time uh, or television <laughs> shows. So, you know, now we'll just actually call it something that's going to really focus on that. So that's super exciting. And I'm excited to be doing it with Josh because we really enjoy podcasting together. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about Dollar Cinema, Josh? Nope. Just uh, I hope you listen and enjoy, and and um, and I look forward to watching some bad movies with Kyle, <laughs> and maybe or some good some ones. Good movies, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, and then other one other I think big note is obviously PSVG Prime is taking a bit of a hiatus um, as well. You know, with Kevin moving on to do some other stuff right now in his life, which is totally understandable. Uh, but I believe if you are listening to us on the PSVG Podcast Network, PSXP is moving to Mondays now. Yes. Um, so you still have a Monday show um, and then followed by us on Tuesdays. So, hey, be on the lookout for that. But with that, we'll move on to our show and get talking about the things you are here for, everyone. So thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of Play Some Video Games and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG, but the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network, no matter what type of board games you enjoy. There's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh, what is your first topic this week? My first topic is Smaller World. So Days of Wonder has uh, released on their website a free mini expansion for Small World that adds a solo mode and a two-player co-op mode. So now um, you can play solo with uh, AI-controlled uh, opponents, um, either alone or with a friend. Um, and what they're calling an expansion for Small World. It's called the Lost Tribes uh, Crusade, and uh, you're challenging civilization of people who have been hidden in humiliation for centuries, which seems to go with the Small World themes. 
Um, and they, uh, they're emerging to, uh, to seek revenge on uh, whomever put them in that position, I'm assuming. So you do the same thing. You're fighting against them as you would in a regular game. Uh, you're just fighting AI, which I think is like the big trend, right? Uh, solo modes and games. Um, it, it's nice to see Small World adding a two-player co-op mode because uh, I think Small World could be considered a turnoff for people who don't like the competitive uh, nature of the game. So playing cooperative against computer, uh, or sorry, AI, I shouldn't say computer, just synonymous in my head for some reason. Uh, um I think it'd be good. Do you think uh, it's not a huge, huge story? I did want to cover it, though, because I know we have listeners who either have this game or wanted to get this game. Is this something that you think would entice you to play this more or at all? Uh, Or do you just think it's uh, just another I don't want to call it a gimmick, just another addition into the small world of verse? Yeah, I don't know that it's a gimmick, but I agree it is an interesting uh, addition to small world especially because what year does small world come out in oh that's a good question uh let's i mean it's see. been a, a decade right it has to have been um uh yeah it has to have been at least 10 years board game release date uh small world march 2009 there we go so I, I adding this now seems pretty cool. The fact that they would take a game that's this old that we haven't really gotten a version 2.0 of Small World. Like we got the designer edition, and then there was that Small World of Warcraft game. Yeah. Uh, so they've done some neat little other things with it, but we haven't gotten Small World version 2.0 yet. So the adding this single player, adding this co-op. To a game that already exists that you could just, I think you could just download it off their website, right? Yeah, it's right on um, Days of Wonders website. Really cool way to give back to the community, to keep the community engaged, to allow them to continue to do these things. And to be clear, you know, on Board Game Geek especially, you can find a ton of fan created and other people designed add-ons for games. But the fact that Philip, uh, yeah, Philip Keyarts um, actually designed this, the person who designed Small World initially... Uh, went on, did this, added this to it, I think is really cool. And it's it's a neat thing that as we move forward with board games, there was, I was reading a thing the other day that talked about how, um, you know, everyone's waiting for the world to go quote unquote back to normal. But if we ever go back to normal, it's really going to be disappointing because of all the things that we haven't learned. You know, if we just go back to doing everything the way that we did. Uh, And this is one of those things that for board game designers and for board game publishers, Figuring out, you know, um, Danny talked about how providing review copies, you know, virtually now, and that's something they're looking at doing more. Um, You know, Stonemaier for a long time has been giving single player variations to all of their games, like period, like every single one of their games has a single player option for it. Doing things like this, I think, is going to be more and more um, a more regular thing we see board game publishers do, because in a world where even if we get back to quote unquote normal, there's probably for a lot of people always going to be that thing in the back of their mind, right? Like yeah. buying a three-player game was hard enough before. How hard is it going to be mo- moving forward? You know, so I really think this is cool. I like to see more companies do this. And though I and you may not be really the people who are going to play single-player games a ton, the fact that they are taking the time to do this, I think, is really cool. What about you, Josh? Are you going to try this out? I know you're a small world fan. I'm a small world fan already. Uh, if it wasn't like. If it wasn't my wife who would be the other person playing with me, I would. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that it's not really her game. Um, and 
And I think I'm just kind of um, resigned to the fact that I'm not a solo game player, um, unfortunately. So uh, I do like that it's included in the option for games because obviously there's a large group of solo gamers. Uh, and yeah, and and if you aren't coupled during the pandemic and you have a bunch of board games, like a solo game could be a lifesaver. So it's nice to see that, um, that it's still available and it's there's a solo mode in the Stardew Valley game I was playing. So it's nice to see they're still being worked in games. And uh, yeah, and you're right. It's nice to see them um, kind of bringing more life into a, a 12-year-old game. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say about uh, Small World's new little expansions? Uh, no, it looks cool. Uh, and yeah, the PDF is good. You can even use it with an expansion, which they give you the rules on how to do that as well. So check it out if you want to play co-op or solo. Very cool. All right, Josh, are you ready for this? <laughs> I don't know what it is, so I no. <laughs> know. That's what makes it so exciting. And that's why the intro of the podcast talked about like the worst ingredients on still something that's pretty good. Yeah. I try to tie this all the be- together. And Josh, what I did is I sat down. And I looked through what are, without a doubt, critically and commercially for the most part, looked at as very good to exceptional games. The best of the best games. Games that everyone says are, for the most part, amazing. But there's always going to be some naysayers out there, Josh. So (laughs) what I have done is I have put together a list of five board games. And then we'll do the video games section of this later. And for each of these board games, I have pulled out one user review... That gives it basically like a zero out of 10. Sure. And I'm going to read this review to you. And your job is to try to figure out which board game this is talking (laughs) about. Okay, nice. Okay, now, I am 99.8. No, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm 100%. mm, I was 99.8. We're going to stick with (laughs) 99.8. I'm 99.8% positive you have played all of these games and I think own all of these games. Okay, all right. And like I said, these are all games that are... If you want to cheat a little bit on this, and I'm not even going to consider it cheating, if you want a resource, um, all these games are going to be like in the first top, first 200 of like the board game geeks like games okay. of overall ranking. Okay. So, like I said, overall super, super highly rated. Um, but always, like I said, going to have that one person or those few handful of people who are just going to say, nah, this game, not super good. So, if you want to just look at the list, totally fine. I anticipate you won't actually click into them and try to start like reading reviews or anything like that. I, 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 I don't have the time. <laughs> legit about this. Okay. So like I said, five games. We'll see how it goes. This might go great. Might go be a bust. We'll have to see what happens. All right, Josh, you ready for your first game? Sure. All right. So this says, <clears throat> to each their own, of course, but I've played it several times and find this game to be pure tedium. So much fiddly setup. Such a limited set of choices and not in a fun way. The card combat mechanic might be unique, but it doesn't make it fun. No opportunity for creativity or storytelling. It's a puzzle masquerading poorly as a dungeon crawl. I cannot believe that people are devoting hundreds of hours (laughs) to this. I have to immediately disagree with that review. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give you a, a nice kind of what I thought would be a little bit of a softball to start with to kind of get you in the groove. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on what game do you think that this review is talking about? John? It is it is definitely Gloomhaven. 
that is a review for Gloomhaven, and you're and you're saying you disagree with said review. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it is so much storytelling, and there's so much room for creativity. They're just, and I don't say this lightly, they're just playing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So I do know that uh, you and some others have been playing Gloomhaven on PC. Yes. How is that going? What are your thoughts on the PC version of Gloomhaven? I mean, it's definitely, um, it has the heart of the board game, but it's, mm-hmm. it's. I don't know. They're doing their best, right? To make it as close to the board game as they can. Um, we do find moments where it's funny, where even just like a typo in, a, in um, like the story you're reading makes it uh, immediately funny and no longer serious. So it takes even a little typo. It takes a little bit away from things like that. Not that I've never played a board game with typos in it. (laughs) Right. Um, They can clearly fix it. And it's still in early access. So that's our joke. It's early access. (laughs) Uh, We don't always get road events, uh, things like that. It's it's, it's still buggy, but uh, I'm enjoying my time. Um, I'm very grateful to have it during a pandemic i'm obviously i'm missing my regular game group because we haven't gotten back that since summer or i don't even remember when we played last in the fall before we had our resurgence of covid (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh and i think you can regularly find it on sale now so like it's a really it's still a great price on the on pc on steam um, if you can find yourself a little game group, like it's just three of us playing, um, uh, you should, I mean, if people can do that, do it. We have a fourth slot open, but like at this point joining, you'd be under leveled, which is okay. Um, we'll save that spot for you if you want to play with us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I still think it's, it's really good uh, value for what you're getting on the PC. Um, it will be harder, I think, for someone who played the physical game to to go play it on PC because it does lack um, certain things. But you know what? No setup, no takedown. So that might beat the whole board game on its own. <laughs> I will agree with that criticism of the review. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cool. All right. So feeling pretty good then. Kind of knocked that first one out of the park, ready to try some others here. Yeah, that was a softball. So now I'm worried. <laughs> okay, so here we go. We will move on. I was going to do it in order, but I'm going to um, mix things up here a little okay. bit of the order on my sheet here. All right, Josh. <clears throat> One of the worst game I ever played. Now, <laughs> okay, also, <laughs> really, really quick, really quick. I'm not going to correct any spelling. Yeah. But also, please keep in mind, listener, that Board Game Geek is a site used international by a lot of international users who English might be their first, second, mm-hmm. third, fourth language. Yes. So I am not going to correct anything, but that does not necessarily mean – I mean, this person could be typing English as like their third language. Right. So right. something to keep in mind. All right. So again, one of the worst game I ever played. No time, only eight round. No strategy. The same activity every time. Only two to three agent. Too much luck. Draw the quest. Hope that the player never choice the activity. Disgusting. Oh, only eight rounds. So they're talking about a game system where if someone does something, you can't do it. Uh, the first thing I thought of was Seven Wonders, but um, there's not eight rounds in Seven Wonders. If if they, it's random, if someone chooses something, you can't do it. Is it Tokaido? It is not Takaido. Uh, 
I'll give you one more shot if you want to. Uh, it's not Twilight Struggle. I'm looking at the top, the top games. <laughs> um, um, and if um, you um, want um, a um, hint, I can give you a hint. Is it Wingspan? It is not Wingspan. Okay. What's my hint? Your hint is that in this, they say no strategy, but I think most people would quantify this as a strategy game or a Euro game, though maybe a light oh. Euro game. I think the rounds thing is messing me up. Uh, is it? Is it um, terraforming Mars? It is not. It is Josh. You ready for this? Yeah. Lords of Water Deep. Whoa! I don't know that I've ever put that into limited rounds. I know there is, but I don't know that I ever think of that as an eight-round game. Like right. <laughs> and that's not true in Lords of Water Deep. You can go to a place that someone else has been if you have uh, ability that, that lets you do that. Yeah. So you can do like, that. So maybe they maybe they played it a little incorrectly. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, so yeah, Lords, this was, I thought, an interesting uh, review for Lords of Waterdeep. Number one, the fact that it says no strategy, which there very clearly is strategy in Lords of Waterdeep. It might not be as deep as other games, but I don't think it's A, intended to be as deep as other games. Because uh, this de- game definitely is a introduction to a strategy game or a worker placement game. But also, I love the fact that they use the word disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> like, what what would it take, Josh, for you to describe a game as disgusting? Now, again, I recognize other players of the world might use that word to mean different things in different ways than what we do. Right. But for you, Josh, what would you? When would you use the word disgusting to uh, give a review or rate a game? Oh, I think only in art or description in the rule book of something. I can't think of like a gameplay mechanic that would make me say disgusting. <laughs> right. I can't. I, well, I mean, I can, but it would all be about the context, not about the actual like. <laughs> the content of what you're actually doing. Right. Yeah. So there you go. This person did not like Lords of Waterdeep, <laughs> uh, even though Lords of Waterdeep overall uh, ranked number 71 on Board Game Geek overall. So pretty high up there. All right, Josh. Next one on the list. You ready for this? Yeah. Okay. It's really not a new concept. It's similar to Patchwork, and this guy just made a bunch of money on it. It's really not that great a game. If you're fooled by the colorful pieces, <laughs> then you are an idiot. So I'm thinking it's Sagrada or Azul. Um, so Azul, I guess, I would guess. You are correct. It is Azul. <laughs> I like how in people's reviews, they call someone a name. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny, isn't it? If you're reading my review and you like this game, you're an idiot. <laughs> I know. Okay, thanks good. for wasting my time. <laughs> so would would you agree uh, with this review of Azul? No, it's nothing like Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of why I threw it in there because I was like, I, I'm pretty sure Josh has played Patchwork, so I think this will work because, yeah, I don't, I've never played Patchwork, but I've read the instructions for Patchwork because I thought about buying it once, uh, and I don't really know if I totally see like Patchwork if, is Tetris with uh, drafting, right? Like if if they're the same in the sense that like you take a piece and put it on a board, like I guess they're the same then, you know, like like every board game ever, right? Exactly. That's where it's like <laughs> put well, a piece on the board, <laughs> right? That's like being like, well, you know, Call of Duty is the same as Halo because you both shoot things, yeah. like, you know, like it's not. So yeah, I just thought this was an interesting one. I do think it is. 
it's really not that great of a game. I think it is a pretty great game, actually. Azul's great, and it's unique, and it's and it's unique because it's not like games before it. Right. It's a, it's a very well done game, and and uh, I think it, it shows like the availability of it and the amount of people who talk about it still, and the expansions. I think it's maybe if we're talking about the sequel, like Stained Glass of Sintra, no one really talks about that one. So maybe that isn't great but the first one's great um is summer pavilion an expansion or a standalone it's standalone it's actually uh, remarkably different from the base game oh really yeah oh interesting i'll have to maybe consider that because you have played stained glass of Sintra. i haven't played it i have it oh you have we've only played the base and then the in summer pavilion okay okay because isn't the isn't stained glass this intro the one that everyone says is like Sagrada? Yeah, uh, Azul Grada, Sagrazul, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to say. Awesome. Yeah, I just you know when people are like, especially in this review, it's like you know similar concept, blah blah blah, not a great game, yada yada. And then I think about the fact that the same designer who designed Azul also designed like Heaven and Ale. I'm like, that's like a pretty complicated, you know, like yeah. game. So like yeah. clearly they're capable of designing good games. So. Um, and with deep mechanics and all that good stuff. But yeah, anyway, cool. Well, Josh, you're doing really, really well on this. Nice work. Nice work. Just a couple more to go here. Are you feeling confident in these last two? Not now, but I was. <laughs> well, like I said, I was, I was trying to do a little more, a little easier games and games that I knew who you, you had played. Yeah. Cause I don't want to make this too ridiculous. Okay. <clears throat> Number four, terrible overhyped game. Pacing is awful where the engine doesn't actually take off until the very last turn, and most of the game pieces are already gone. It doesn't even look nice with subpar art. Oh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh, this wasn't a review you wrote. Oh, I wrote this review? <laughs> no, you did not write this review. If this had been Sentinels of the Multiverse, that is what I anticipate your review I got worried you looked at my reviews. <laughs> That would be really funny. So uh, no, it is not Sentinels of the Multiverse, but I, that's, I appreciate that. Okay, pieces that you that okay, the engine doesn't take off until the end, and you don't even remove pieces from the board till. till... It says, I'll reread it. It says pacing is awful, yeah. where the engine doesn't actually take off until the very last turn, and most of the game pieces are already gone. Oh, oh, oh. is it Everdell? It is not Everdell. Hmm. Most of the pieces are already gone. The engine takes off, not literal. Uh, to the last round. Most Doesn't of the even pieces. look nice with subpar art. I have a feeling when you tell me what this is, I'm not going to think the art is subpar. Pieces are gone. I'm getting hung up on the pieces part. Um, My pieces aren't... Yeah, see? I'm saying I'm getting hung up on the pieces part, and I keep hanging on it. <laughs> uh... And like I said, if you want, I can get, I can provide you with one hint if you'd like. Yeah, give me one hint. Okay, uh, your hint is, I I know that you would not say this art is overhyped because it's by an artist I know you like. So it's by Beth Sobel. <laughs> uh, it's not Wingspan, is it? It is Wingspan. Wow, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, because like... <laughs> When I was reading this, the whole number one, I was like, "Are they trying to be putty?" When they're like, "The engine doesn't take actually off. take off." <laughs> <laughs> but then when they're like, "The very last turn," and most of the game pieces are already gone, I'm like, "What game pieces are you t- like? What are you talking about?" 
Unless they're playing against someone who's some bird that lays a hundred eggs, I don't know that right. that's I don't even, even possible. <laughs> like how that even works? And the engine takes off. Wondering if the from go. What's that? The engine st- starts from go. Like I know. This- I know. <laughs> okay. The whole and I also was thinking the terrible overhyped game might lend you some yeah, insight as to. I kind of got lost on those stupid pieces. Getting lost. I know. I I didn't even remember about the overhype. Yeah. And yes, Best Level does do some of the art in Wingspan. I know there's multiple artists who do art in Wingspan, yeah. but I know Best Level is one of them. And so I don't think you would say that the it, it has subpar art. It has some of the best art in board games. <laughs> and that's just Which a rule book. subpart. <laughs> I know. Which is apparently, uh, yeah. So anyway, this person, not a fan of Wingspan overall. Ch- <laughs> it's okay. They, they don't have to like it. More they don't have me. to like it. They really don't. <laughs> Here's always my question when I read a review like this, though. How many times do you think they played this game? Because they're like, hey, the engine doesn't really take off until the very last turn. Do you think they just maybe didn't build a very good engine one time and then were like, this game stinks, I'm done with it? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's very possible. And with board games, I don't even think that that's a crime. Like, there's so many board games to play and you have Mm -hmm. to make a decision when you play a game if you want to spend that amount of time again playing it so right there's definitely been board games i've played before i was like i don't really want to play that again yeah. and i could have a hot take like that too that maybe um like my perception isn't favorable it's a lot different than like spending two hours on a game pass game on xbox you're getting a lot more exposure to a game a video game for two hours than a board game for two hours yeah no, I hear you there. I hear you there. Cool. All right, Josh. For this last one, I have two comments that I have saved or two reviews. Okay. We can do this in one of two ways. I can give you the much more challenging one <laughs> first and then give you the easier one second. Yeah. Or I can just give you the easier one and then I can read the challenging one for you afterwards and we can maybe have a chuckle at it. Because I'll be honest, if you get it off the challenging one, I would be really, really surprised and amazed. So it's up to you. Well, let's do the challenging one then. All right. See. <laughs> uh, we are a fr- family-friendly show. Uh, so just note, <laughs> bleep. there might be a 30-second thing you might maybe want to blip, but it's not going to be swearing or anything like that. But it's going to be a topic that you might not want to have a conversation with your child about if you have a child there. So, take 30 seconds. Jump ahead. All right, Josh, here we go. I don't tolerate pornography in general, but when it comes up and ruins what would have been an enjoyable game, that is especially annoying. That's it. That's the review. Is it Fog of Love? It is not. Okay. Um, Is it in the top 100 games? I told you at the beginning, Josh, it was going to be in the top 200. Oh, boy. (laughs) So it's maybe. <laughs> but I will tell you that this particular one, to be nice about it, since this is a very challenging one, this is in the top 100, yes. Uh, okay, I have a suspicion I could guess it, but let me hear the second review. I mean, if you have a suspicion, don't you want to be just awesome and guess it and get it? But then I'm wasting guesses. I mean, no, it's fine. I, I don't like have I said, a this limit, one's super, right? Is it Battlestar Galactica? It is not Battlestar okay, Galactica. All right. Okay, so here's the, the uh, more... Helpful one, I think. For me, the most overrated game ever. (laughs) No interaction at all. Strong randomness. I do not understand how people can have fun with a game like that. I have the feeling to play Candy Crush and then compare scores with other people at the end of the game. No strategy. Pure, random, hand optimization. Simply not for me. Too bad, but I really hate this game. It's Seven Wonders. 
it is Seven Wonders. Uh, is I there, don't understand oh, the there's first a, one at there's got to be a naked statue on one of the things. It has I to mean, be. maybe? Probably. I guess. I don't know that I've ever really looked at the art of the Seven Wonders cards, I guess, maybe. There must be some sort of sculpture or but something. It wouldn't even be fully fleshed out. It would just be like a what you would see in a museum. Not even what you'd see in a museum, because... In a museum, at least they you get everything. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to sit there and look through the cards this week? Did you? I'm show? just. I mean, I don't think so because I didn't open them. But you know what? I will do. Just oh, because, is this the new edition? Yeah, just because I'm curious. I'll open one of the ages. <laughs> uh, the gold foil ages. Ooh. See if I can notice any uh, pornography, <laughs> as they say. What do you think? I can't even... I think that that would be something I would notice. I, I would think. It's got to be... Like you said, I think it's got to be something with art or a sculpture or something like that. I do like the new art, though. I'll tell you that. But if it's new art, maybe it's not on this old version. Because they saw that maybe, review and they're like, yeah, we got to remove changing it. the nudity and the pornography. Well, I got to say, I'm not seeing anything. Unless they think that the lighthouse looks like male genitalia. <laughs> there are two gladiators without shirts on. Yeah, I can't say that I, at least in this age, see anything that signifies. No, and imagine, I, w- I would imagine like someone reading that review who like has kids. They're like, there's no way I'm going to play this game. Right. There's pornography in it. <laughs> I don't even know what. What could it be? <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, that one really stuck out to me. I thought it was pretty good. But Josh, you did really good on that. You did you did well on those five games. Really, really well. I think I only did 50%, if not if not worse. So No, you got four out of five right. The only one you missed was Lord of the Waterdeep. Oh, yeah, but I didn't get him on the first guesses, though. Well, that's okay, though. I gave you multiple guesses. It wasn't a <laughs> one-and-done shot, you know? Okay, well, thank you. I'll try to take so. the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. That is my first topic. Josh, you did great. Oh, I Love found the... it. Oh, what is it? The baths. Okay. It's just suggestive. There's no nudity, but there's a woman topless with her hand over what you would consider nudity. And then the altar has the woman kneel down with a, op- a V top shirt, but no, no visible nudity. Uh. So I'm pretty sure I found what that person was complaining about, but I, I wouldn't have considered that pornographic. Well, Josh, <laughs> but I pre- I appreciate the investigative reporting that's going on right now. Well, I mean, there was an opportunity to maybe see pornography in one of my board games. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pass that opportunity up? Can I say no? <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to uh, offend anyone's prudish nature. I know there's people out there who have problems with stuff like that, and I can respect that. Seven Wonders isn't for you because of one card that has a woman with her hand over her breast. <laughs> Sorry. Apparently true. <laughs> Apparently true. But that's okay. More for me, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Josh, what is your second topic this week? My second topic is... Uh, hey, finally a game with the player count that board with video games can get behind. Or inside. What? So, you've been eaten as a board game. That is on Kickstarter currently. It has been funded in zero to 20 minutes. It says that because So You Have Been Eaten is a game where you can play with zero players. Have you ever heard of that? I have not heard of that. (laughs) 
So it's uh, designed by Scott Alms, and uh, it features hand management, set collection, dice rolling, crystals, bacteria, and mutations. It's an asymmetrical 30-minute game of survival and profit for zero to two interstellar miners slash beasts. So in this game, um, I'm, I read a, a thing on it earlier, and I'm I'm trying my best not to pull from my scattered memory of what I read. So I'm going to read from the Kickstarter page. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you've been eaten. Don't worry. This is simply an occupational hazard. In fact, it's fairly common uh, among deep space miners, fifth class, and some say that it is almost unavoidable. This is directly from kickstarter.com slash project slash ludicreations slash so you've been eaten. Um, should you achieve your objective and mine enough crystals to meet your quota, it's then cost-effective for the company to activate your jetpack and extricate you from the proverbial belly of the beast. You are playing as a space deep space miner who is entering beast to harvest minerals. And uh, there are, I believe, one player can play as the beast, one player can play as the miner, I believe you can both play as miners, but the way they have the AI system, and the reason why it says zero players, is because technically you can just set up a game where the game plays itself, and you just have to do the like hands, like playing the cards and stuff. So uh, the game ends uh, in a win for the miner if they collect eight different crystals, or if the beast digests the miner after four bacteria of the same type have been attacked. Uh, so that says, of course, there's always a possibility that the miner will simply pass through the beast system <laughs> and then the player with the most points wins. So it can be played as a game for two players with a miner playing against the beast, a game for one player with the miner playing against a hibernating beast, a game for one player with the beast player, uh, against a robot miner or a game for zero players with a hibernating beast against a robot miner. So it is, uh, a small-ish game. It has one, I'll call it a tract, <laughs> a track. Uh, and it is, in what I would say, affordable. $29 gets you the base pledge, which is pretty cool. And $40 gets you the premium pledge. 50 bucks gets you the collector's edition. Uh, it, I, I know this isn't a Dr. Finn's game, but it remi- it, I've, I see it uh, sharing... Um, some aesthetics to Cosmic Run, or maybe even like simplicity in play, or so it might seem, at least on the board. Um, it's I really like the the theme, and it comes with the double sided board. Um, ninety two cards, forty eight stomach cards, thirty immune <laughs> response cards, uh, nine mutation cards, five reference cards, three six sided action dice. 16 tokens, 8 crystal tiles, 4 bacteria tiles, 1 replication tile. And then the premium edition adds um, 3D printed uh, crystals and bacteria and a miner, a wooden one. Um, And a mini expansion. And the collector's edition gets you all that, plus some better quality boards and some better quality tiles and a dice tower which is pretty cool, and some tuck boxes and a beast die. Uh, But I think it looks pretty cool. Do you think you want to play a game with zero players? (laughs) That is super interesting, and I was wondering if it was a gimmick. 
And I don't want to say that it kind of is, but the fact that, you know, they have it set up so you can play single player with either of the uh, roles leads to there being an AI for each of those roles that you could technically just AI against each other. Now, you would have to move all the pieces, right? Like, you wouldn't be able to (laughs) just let it go on its own. But that's kind of neat that they have that. I I don't know that's necessarily a super huge selling point necessarily. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of neat. It's kind of a, a a talking point you could have, I guess, if you wanted to. Um, but I'm reasonably interested in this game. I guess I would say. Uh, my only problem is, and this is, I'm going to try to say this is, without being mean. <laughs> Ludi Creations. I, I don't know that they have a game that I'm super wild about. Sure. Um, you know, their highest ranked game, I think is probably like crisis, um, or something like that. Uh, and that, you know, is not even in the top 1000. Um, so, you know, Ludi, well known in the industry. I think overall people enjoy them. I think that they're really nice people, um, (laughs) that work there and do that, but I don't know that any of their games have ever, um, really appealed to me. So I did, you know, mark myself to be reminded, like you said, I think the price point is really good. I definitely can see, um, the, the connection to, you know, you know, Stephen and Dr. Finn games and all that good stuff. But, you know, Dr. Finn's games to me have always been so elegant in their designs, like very, very simple, but yet with some good decision-making that you have to make, yeah. um, but easy to teach, easy to learn. And maybe this game is that too. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, but I don't know if I'm interested to jump in on it, but the price point is very, very good. What about you, Josh? Are you going to get this? You think maybe? I think it looks really cool. Um, I'm definitely interested. I, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I probably would lean to yes, uh, at least right now. Uh, there's still 23 days to go if people are looking. It has already well surpassed its funding goal, so this will be a thing. Uh, yeah, so I think I'll probably make a decision in like 20 days. <laughs> and we'll see. Well, how will you decide? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it'll just be how I feel that day. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is a game that I like. It's not in my wife's like wheelhouse as far as like preferred games. So um, maybe I'll see if she thinks that she would play it if I got it. Um, but I don't. I'm trying to um, avoid the solo stuff just because I'm not getting any enjoyment out of those solo games. So I don't want to get it just to have. At this point, I have so many games I need to sort through that um i've kind of passed the getting a board game to have it like normal like josh two years ago would have bought this already um but i have to be a little bit more responsible i think no it makes sense and the designer scott alms i mean best known for the tiny epic series tiny epic galaxies tiny epic all that good stuff but also did heroes of land air and sea which is a pretty popular game so that definitely makes me a bit more interested uh but yeah like i said ludi just mm, most of their games have not kind of been up my alley so I also, like I said, we'll we'll wait and see. I don't know how I'm going to decide. Probably, if I decide to buy another game before this, I won't get it. If that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. Because um, I'm still kind of debating too about uh, the root expansions because ah. they're supposed to make the game better, um, not better necessarily, but more um, work better as a two-player game. Don't forget, we also have the Everdell stuff next week. Oh, shoot, skis. Okay, we'll uh, wait and see. <laughs> Looking less likely for So You've Been Eaten, but still interesting concept for sure. Anything else you want to say about that, Josh? No, I, it's cool. More space stuff. 
for me to want to play, but we'll never get to play. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. All right, Josh, are you ready for round two of Worst of the Best? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, so this is a little more challenging because, unfortunately, when it comes to the world of video games, unlike board games, yeah, you have Metacritic and OpenCritic, but there's not something quite like Board Game Geek that has like a, hey, here's our list. Like, yes, this kind of exists, like I said, for um metacritic and stuff but then you get into different versions of the games and that like the ps4 version is ranked differently than the xbox version is different than the pc version it just gets much more complicated so i don't really have a great resource to give you as a place that you can look but here's what i will say all of the games super well known yeah i will even go out and say that they are all triple a games okay okay all of them i think pretty well mm, review wise from critical review for have been pretty well um respected though some of them might have major detractors here or there okay. but for the most part like the general consensus on the game um is that it's either really good or really 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 well known fair make sense and the one that maybe isn't quote unquote really good i think is going to be pretty obvious because it's kind of your softball one i think so okay cool all right ready for your first one just kind of get things warmed up yeah let's do it All right, here we go. Boring, broken, and disappointing as expected. Not sure if I was the only one or one of the few who is very skeptical about this game already in 2019. All the delays, no gameplay, and an insane amount of hype. I knew something was wrong with it for years. It was so obvious. But brain dead blank fanboys, I had to leave that out. Hyped it to the level where normies started to pretend that they <laughs> pretend that they wait for this game as well, even though THO nobody <laughs> even knew what it was about. Time to wait for mm. actual true next gen game that is blank. Cyberpunk. All right, Josh. <laughs> this is a review <laughs> for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah. Uh I know you were a big fan of this game though, uh-huh. but when you read just this review, which gave it a zero out of ten, hmm. is there anything they say that's not true? Yeah, I mean, we knew what the game was, <laughs> so that we didn't know what the game was about. Yeah, we knew what the game was about. I, I mean, I guess if you go, if you go back to the original trailer, maybe you don't know what the game was about. But they put out right. so much content in between. That's true. It was easy yeah. to figure that out. I don't know. That he's wrong about some things, but he's not approaching it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that one, oh, he or she, just sorry. a warm up. <laughs> I, th- I think I thought pretty straightforward. Get things warmed up. Yes, Cyberpunk. Uh, Josh, you know what's interesting about Cyberpunk is that, you know, came out in December. Yeah. Obviously, the next patch that they were going to release uh, got delayed. So that's not coming out sometime at the end of March. It was supposed to be out at the end of February. Uh, supposedly next gen version for consoles still on track for the end of the year. Theoretically. I don't know even then if I'm going to play this game, Josh, I'm just really not interested in playing it anymore. You'll be messing out. That's what I would say. Maybe that'll change. Maybe the fall lineup will make it different, but I can probably pretty confidently say that I'm not going to play this until either a, uh, that next gen version comes out or B, um, if what I think is my new PC that is coming, yeah, comes and is the I think better one that I think I'm maybe getting for my birthday. I don't know. <laughs> we'll wait and see. Um, then I might try it on PC. That's fair. I mean, if you ever get 
a Series X, you you own it on Xbox Series X. I know, X. but I don't know if I'm ever... But here's the thing, Josh. And this is like this is where the debate comes in, because obviously we do game share. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I get this super fancy PC, do I even need an Xbox? But then that totally like negates game share, because you can't do that on PC. No, but we still have a PlayStation. It's fine. If you go well, and get your own games, like... You can do that. I bought us three games on Xbox, and you're not even going to use them. So, like, I already did that to us. <laughs> no, I'll play Far Cry. I'll oh, you can Far play Cry it on. It yeah, you can play it on the One X. Yeah, because what was the other one then? Oh, and then you got uh, Immortals. Immortals. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, and like I said, I mean, maybe. Well, let me back up. Maybe if this next patch actually fixes anything, I would potentially consider playing it. I'll say this to you and anyone who's listening who hasn't played Cyberpunk. You are not. You are doing yourself a disservice by not playing this game. It is so good, and there is such a great story in there. If you can wait, honestly, I know I played it on this on the Series X. I did not have many issues. Mm. I had issues, one hundred percent, but right. I had about ten times less issues with this game than I did with <laughs> most Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. Uh... Don't have a Series X, so that makes it a challenge. I know. That's why I can't. <laughs> so, I can't just be like, go play it on a a One right. X or a PS4 because I I know it's broken. Um, yeah. PC, PS5, Series X. If you could play it, play it. It's been on sale for thirty bucks at some point on Best it Buy. It's true. Like, it has. It, and eventually, it'll probably be available for you to play on a game of service, so like a Game Pass. Also- uh, so just don't don't. Let it ride its course, but don't give up on this game. Just play it when you have the time to play it. Don't don't force a play. Gotcha. I won't. I, I very rarely do. I know. <laughs> okay. All right, Josh. Ready for your next one? Yeah. <clears throat> Boring gameplay. Auto aim shooting. Breath of the Wild. Long <laughs> cutscenes. What? Breath of the Wild. No. Unnecessary, tedious tasks that count as gameplay. This game's hype was based on mediocre and bad gameplay. Don't buy. You said unnecessarily long Mm cutscenes? Is it a Metal Gear? Oh, excuse me. It says long cutscenes and unnecessary, (laughs) tedious tasks. It is not a Metal Gear. Okay. When I hear unnecessary, tedious tasks, I think RPG. Um, So I'm wondering if they could be talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake. They are not talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hmm. Um, I do for this one. I do have one other one that okay. might be a little more spot on as far as uh, what game it is. That gives a little more hints. So if you want that one, let me know. Okay. Yeah. Give me either a hint or the okay. next review. <laughs> okay. One of the most boring game I ever played. Games are supposed to be fun, and blank is not. The walking is so slow. Also, you ride the oh. horse 50% of the game, highly overrated. Oh, wait a second. You ride the horse. I was going to say Death Stranding, but no, there's no horse in Death Stranding. <laughs> uh, it's not, okay, so it's not Breath of the Wild, but you ride the horse. It's the Witcher. It is not the Witcher. Oh, is it a Zelda game? No, it is not a Zelda oh, game. Oh, man. What other games have horses? <laughs> oh, don't tell me it's Ghost of Tsushima. It is not Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, this game came out. Uh, it was a well-loved. It reviewed extremely highly. Uh, it is a sequel. <laughs> um, and you... Uh, and you. Oh, no. I know there's a horse in Last of Us too. <laughs> there is. 
but it is not that. No, because that most of the game you're not on that horse. Correct. Uh, this game came out the same year as God of War 2018. So it came out in 2018. Right. Uh, and was probably, for some people, the game oh, of the year that year. Oh, it's Red Dead Redemption 2. It is Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. I don't disagree with that review. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I recall, you weren't a huge fan, correct? I love the idea of the game. I really, right. really do. Um, I think... The controls really ruined that game for me. Mm-hmm. If I want to get on my horse, I shouldn't be accidentally murdering people and then have to run <laughs> for 15 <laughs> minutes because I don't remember where I saved it last. <laughs> yeah, the number of people I accidentally uh, like shot or something was far higher than it should have been in that game. Yeah. Or I'd like try to... like walk my horse like gently around people in cities and end up like running them you run, yeah you run them like, over <laughs> and then you get in trouble oh my gosh that happens so much no, but, and i'm sure i'm just bad at the game yes but, oh, and man. i know that's for me too i like i can't necessarily blame me not nailing those controls i know some people love it um but you know that that's uh that's good for those people it's just not for me that's right that's right all right josh next game on the list this game is complete booty cheeks. <laughs> Boring, empty, open world. Doesn't even have any dungeons. Uh-oh. Just complete hot garbage and not deserving of the blank name. What a what a well thought put review. What a great review. Uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that is Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I picked this one just because it says complete booty cheeks. <laughs> yeah, speaking my language. Like, <laughs> so obviously we're, I don't know that we have much more to say about Breath of the Wild, but the, the booty cheeks thing got me. <laughs> And I also figured that you would assume there is going to be a Breath of the Wild in this. Yeah, I think I've guessed it twice already. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right, Josh, we'll just move on then to the fourth one. Boring, tedious gameplay and open world fake. Mm. If you make an open world, please don't fill it with pointless quests or collectibles. Okay. Overhyped game who turned out to be rather bland and repetitive with a nasty agenda awful graphics and poor gameplay the game isn't quite worth playing a nasty agenda nasty agenda this one i also have a second review it's open world but it's not so it's open world but with the illusion of open world according to them um a nasty agenda makes me think of an assassin's creed game originally i was thinking they might be talking about horizon zero dawn because they said it was like open world but it was like bordered and people were mad about that and then I think you might throw in negative comments about my favorite game to try to make me guess it. <laughs> I don't know why you would assume I would do that, Josh. Yeah, it's kind of hurtful, actually. I don't know why I would assume that. Um, so let's guess Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> it is Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> do you want to hear the second review I have? Yeah, please. One? The game looks beautiful, and the facial animations have set the standard for games. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Right? The story, however, is there to push an agenda. Personally, I cannot finish the game because of that all the blatant propaganda, the same as you'll now find in Hollywood. That's two reviews about (laughs) the agenda. What is the agenda? That that we're going to ruin the Earth? I don't know what the agenda is. We're already doing it. (laughs) 
<laughs> don't kill the environment, I guess? Like, I don't know what the agenda is supposed to be. That's really interesting. Um, and they are really coming with the, the wrong hot take at the beginning and mess up. Do you think that they may, maybe they meant the face texture is not great and the story is awesome? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, because when they talked about the beautiful facial animations, I was like, are you are you sure we're talking about the same game here? Because if there was one thing that was kind of weird and creepy in this game. Maybe they played Mass Effect Andromeda before this, and then they were like, whoa, this facial <laughs> animation is great. <laughs> that could be. Okay. All right. Last one. Uh, this one made me laugh quite a bit. So uh, <clears throat> user review. Keep that in mind. We at Game Informer. Oh, boy. <laughs> believe this game blows chunks. Good graphics, but they still do not natch up to games like Uncharted 2 or Killzone 2. Oh no, this is going to be a really old game. <laughs> the PC version definitely does, but in comparison, the Xbox 360 version is poor. Again, the story is really not that compelling, and you will find yourself wa- wondering what is going on if you are lucky enough not to play the first one. GI out. Now... Game Informer, I'm not certain, is don't think they have made a reputation of leaving user reviews on sites. But hey, uh, I just love the fact that somebody is like, yeah, we're just going to say I'm Game Informer and people are going to believe me. <laughs> like, I know, what right? are you doing? <laughs> anyway, what are your thoughts, Josh? What game could this be? Is it Borderlands 2? It is not Borderlands 2. Uh, Modern Warfare? It is not Modern Warfare. Uh, I'm just trying to guess sequels to games. Um, it's a sequel that was out on the 360, and it looks better on PC. Uh, you get a clue? Uh, I mean, the main clue I'm thinking of would give it away <laughs> pretty blatantly. Uh, I will say, I know you like this game a lot. Mass Effect 2? Mass Effect 2. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I would never have guessed that. Uh, <laughs> graphics don't match up to Uncharted 2 or Killzone 2. And the story is really not that compelling, and you <laughs> you will find yourself wondering what is going on if you were lucky enough not to play the first one. So if, if you don't play the first enough. one, it's confusing, but you're lucky? So this is a PlayStation player, because they couldn't play I'm it on PlayStation. It no, Josh, you didn't hear it. It's Game Informer. Game Informer uh, right. thinks that this game blows Game chunks. Informer only has a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Mass Effect 2. User review for Mass Effect 2. Uh, wow. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I don't know much to say to that one other than uh, no. Well, but hey, that's cool. I get everyone, you know, games hit different for every player. Yeah. So, all right, Josh. So now that we have done these, you did really well overall, Thanks. by the way. Nicely done. That. Nicely done. Um. <laughs> What do you? How do you feel about it? Do you think this was a, a fun exercise? Yeah, that was fun. I don't know how fun it was for our listeners, but I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they were guessing along with us. That's yes. really what the goal is. So, you know, there we go. There we go. Worst of the best. Those reviews of people who just think those best games are the worst. Josh, what is your third topic? Well, uh, have you ever heard of patching a demo? I don't know if I have. Is this... Uh, I feel weird. I write these things. I don't want to read them because I wrote them. But uh, is this real life? Uh, So we talked about this last week a little bit. Not this topic, but this game where you played Outriders. And something happened in the game that happened in Destiny. uh, But it happened during the demo. And 
And uh, something that we've noted in the past is how good people can fly. The studio behind Outriders has been um, uh, informing consumers and covering the game and giving us information that we need. And now we're seeing that it's not just talk. Now they're actually patching their demo, which is, I think, unheard of. But I think it's also great. It's also good for them. They're using this demo as like a stress test, right? And usually we see these in like forms of alphas or betas or multiplayer stress test. And I think most notably like Battlefield series is, is the game that I think of the most. And I always think the issues still uh, are there when the game comes out. But they're mm-hmm. already patching this game because people started farming legendary chests uh, which were given were dropped from the the Gauss boss or Gauss boss or Gauss boss, um, and they were also finding other chests that drop legendaries. So originally they kind of nerfed it so nothing would do that, and then there was like an outcry um, because people were beating this boss and then not getting the rewards for beating that boss. They're still nerfing it, but. Uh, so then they, you know, they issued kind of not an apology, but an update saying like, "Hey, we we hear you, and you're right. You should still be getting legendary drops from a, a rewarding boss fight. So you're still going to get that, but we're we've nerfed these other chests to stop dropping legendaries because this uh, demo uh, allows you to carry your gear and uh, stuff forward. It just doesn't let you bring your currency forward, I believe." If I remember reading what they said correctly. Um, but yeah, over 2 million people have downloaded it. And they're just taking this to, uh, opportunity to make this game even better, which I love. Um, and I also think it's nice for people who are going to get this on day one and don't do the demo. Um, they're going to run into less issues. No more loot caves in Destiny, which I farmed the crap out of too when I played. Um, and of course I missed it when it was gone, but that became like a detractor to the story of the game or the game itself. Cause all you would do is go to the moon and do the loot cave. And, and that's all you did, uh, with every other player on the server at the time. So, um, it was a lot different, but, um, there's also more changing in the demo. They said, uh, with a patch that's going live, um, this week that you're listening, it's adding motion blur toggle for all platforms. Uh, they're cutting down on matchmaking time, and they're addressing some uh, crashes on PC as well. And uh, they're also looking to what they call the annoying camera shake during cutscenes, um, which will improve cover system. And they're looking for a way to help players restore items that have mysteriously disappeared. They've also noticed cheating in the demo, but they're cracking down on that as well. Um, yeah, and I think... So far, so good. What are your thoughts on this story, and what do you think going forward? I I am hoping that this is an indication of how much they're going to support the full game when it's out, and how with how quickly these patches are coming, because they released this, said, hey, this is a demo, you know, it is like basically the beginning of the game, all this content's going to go over to the game when it comes out on April 1st, no joke. But I, I think there was probably some worry or concern of like, okay, you release this demo, but you still have to kind of finish this game because it's not out yet, right? Like we still have a few weeks until this game comes out. 
But maybe the game is pretty much, I don't want to say done, done, but they are at the point where they can provide all the support for the demo. So my hope is this means that when the game itself launches, that it will continue to get these regular updates, this regular support. Obviously, this will be harder across a whole game rather than a few hour demo to provide this quick of updates and this quick of changes. But I'm really impressed with what they have done with this demo so far. And, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed the time that I've played with it. It definitely has some issues that need to be updated. Yeah. But overall, the experience of playing is very, very fun. Uh, you know, there obviously some people are like upset that you can't jump, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't jump in God of War either. And I still was totally fine with it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I am pleasantly, I am cautiously optimistic about what this means for the future for Outriders, especially since this isn't supposed to be a game as service per se. It's not supposed to go on forever, right? There's going to be some end game yeah. stuff, but it's not going to be this endless, endless loop of things. Uh, I'm, this gives me hope for what that experience is going to be like, and it will continue to be supported and continue to be balanced. Um, and that we maybe will get some more like DLC style, you know, here's this that you can finish add ons to it as the, as the future progresses. But uh, overall, uh, I'm pretty impressed and pretty happy that they're putting this much work into this demo. Yes. Agreed. 100%. Awesome. Anything else about Outriders or about patching demos you want to chat about? I mean, if uh, patching demos is cool, it, it just needs to be something that um, a studio is prepared to do. Like, I don't think that it should. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the norm. Uh, this is just. I don't know that we see too many demos or betas that still carry um, progression into the full game. I mean, it, it happens every once in a while. But it's it's certainly not common, so I I won't expect this from other games. But it will be nice to see if it happens. Uh, greed. All right, Josh. So my final topic this week is kind of a throwback, a little bit to some information that was announced last week and has been announced over the last couple of weeks. Is PlayStation announced six new games that are coming to PSVR this year. Uh, some of those games being kind of cool. Some of those games <laughs> being with Bethesda. So apparently they got to get those out <laughs> ASAP. Um, but then also recently they announced PSVR 2. Uh, and that there appears to be at least this continued commitment from PlayStation to the VR space. Now, the six games coming to PSVR this year. Cool. A couple of them I thought looked pretty interesting. I don't know that I'm in on all of them. But also, GameIndustry.biz did an article about how PlayStation's commitment to virtual reality in the future is really good for the mark, the VR market and VR developers to, to bring a sense of stability to it, to bring a sense of there is a future in this platform, um, specifically the VR platform. So, Josh, here's my question for you. All that stuff aside, if you want to talk about, you know, if any of those games look cool, PSVR 2, whether you're excited about it, maybe, you, <laughs> maybe you'll have your adapter by then. <laughs> um, do you think VR and this, you know, second piece of hardware is the right decision for PlayStation? Yeah, I mean, they've proven that with PSVR, they can really um, keep up with, like, cutting-edge VR. Um so yeah, I mean it makes sense. And if you're if you're selling a next gen console, you I mean I get Sony the we believe in generations thing has become a joke kind of right. But like you want the best hardware running on your new hardware, so it makes sense to have a PSVR two or whatever they want to call it. Um, I yeah, I'm just sitting here frustrated that I own a brick now because they can't send me one cable. <laughs> Uh, but besides, besides that, I think they need to showcase 
there's no way they haven't been working on VR, making it better since PSVR came out. And it when it really picked up steam because it became a peripheral that didn't fizzle out. Like they've, they have experience knowing when something they introduce isn't going to work and they're pretty good at, and that's, it might, I don't mean it in a bad way, but they're pretty good at dropping it. Like, okay, we tried this. It didn't work. Moving on. Uh, and, and they supported PSVR for a long time to the point where I, I bought one from Donnie at the end of its life cycle because I was still confident that there was enough content for it that I could enjoy. So yeah, PSVR 2, it's exciting and it makes perfect sense. There, I think for me, their biggest hurdle is going to be price point. What price do you think it has to come out at to be successful? I don't know. I but if I can go buy an Oculus Quest 2 for 299 and it's wireless, they need to if it's going to be more than 299 and it's not going to be wireless, they need to they need to sell me hard on why I'm paying more. So it could be like a uh, longer battery life or better hand recognition or mm-hmm. whatever. Like as long as there's um, like they can show me why, not just because the PlayStation name is on it. Right. That's where it needs to be. And and I I don't doubt that they can do it. Honestly, um, with the with the price of VR and even the price of the current PSVR, I can't see it coming in under two ninety nine. Yeah, I think that two ninety nine price will be important. I anticipate it'll probably be three ninety nine. I think if I had to guess today and and had to like wage a a, a bet. Uh, but I do think that price hmm, – at that price, I think it is going to have to be more powerful than the Quest 2. And I, I think they're capable of doing that, obviously. But like you said, you know, there are – the convenience factor of the Quest 2 not being tethered uh, you know, or having the ability to tether it if you want to yeah. to get more out of it. You know, I think that's really where it's going to be a very hard sell. I, I do think, though, that for – um a, a number of people the playstation name is going to be helpful it's going to be a sense of like oh i know playstation like i, I will buy this thing um i hmm, this probably sounds really um trite uh i have really no desire to get a quest too because i have no desire to connect it to my facebook account yeah no i i get that too um and mostly because i'm probably going to be getting rid of facebook at some time in the future uh so not i don't want to have a facebook account just to have quest 2 yeah um and i get that for a lot of people that's not a big deal and some people might think my that statement is absolutely ridiculous i'm not saying that playstation doesn't have a ton of data on me but uh they already do so like i don't want to give it to someone else as well you know like uh but yeah i i think this is an interesting Decision by PlayStation. Obviously, they announced um, that the PSVR 2 was a thing because ostensibly dev kits were out or going out. So that probably was going to leak. And we've seen a ton of patents recently as far as what the new controllers might look like and all this good stuff. This could be an interesting way for PlayStation to go as a way to continue to differentiate them from their competitors. Right. We've been talking a lot about how Microsoft, PlayStation and, and Nintendo for really the first time ever are playing kind of three different games right now, right? Like PlayStation is all about these 
really immersive first person experiences that you get one or two a year and they're just totally awesome. Whereas Nintendo is all about right now, really like these event games, right? Like this animal horizon or animal Horizon, <laughs> animal crossing as I'm thinking about horizon zero Dawn. animal crossing where you're all in this thing together and experiencing this thing at the same time, but they're also only releasing not a ton of games a year. Right. right. Whereas Xbox is like, here's everything, play it everywhere. Yeah. Right. Like they're just like, here's all the stuff. And so it's three really distinct strategies. And I think that PlayStation continuing the VR route is going to continue them trying to differentiate who they are in the product that they're doing. The Where this might come back to bite them, though, is number one, they don't have the endless resources that someone like Microsoft does to be able to invest in all of these games on all these platforms. We've seen how hard it is for them to get games out on one platform, let alone two or three, when they had three going. That basically didn't happen. Um, And we also know that, in general, they have not forced their first parties to make games that they don't want to, Um, which is probably, in some ways, with Japan Studios reorganization, probably why that happened, because they're like, look, you don't have to make like these games, but also know that we're only going to fund like things that are going to sell right and if they're like well we really want to make xyz they're like okay that's cool like we're not going to fund that though um you know that i don't know if they can't fund japan studio and the weird quirky stuff japan studio made how are they going to fund developers for vr when your market cap is the most units you'd ever or most copies of a game you'd ever sell is five million yeah and that's if everyone who owned it bought one right like that's where it just seems very odd to me. Uh, it, it seems kind of counterintuitive, and it makes me worry a little bit because also it sounds like London Studio, who made Blood and Truth, isn't making a VR game now. Their next game sounds like it's going to be a AAA PS5 game. Yeah. Um, based off of restructures over there and, and what they've been hiring for. And granted, some of PlayStation's teams have grown significantly, and and many of their studios now have multiple teams, but. There's going to have to be a lot of third-party partnerships with with studios like Camouflage and all those other studios who have developed you know VR games for them, and I, I just don't know if that's going to be enough. Um, so I hope it is. I'm excited. I like VR. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. I just worry about PlayStation's ability to support this in a meaningful way, um, which maybe I shouldn't be because they have great games on PSVR, and you know it's a handful of games a year that are super exciting so maybe that's all it needs to be and maybe the flat experience is still going to be the main experience um but i i do worry that you know they only have so many dollars and would i do i want them making cool vr games or do i want them making cool other games and i right now until i see what psvr 2 is and what the motion controls are and how the controllers react i don't know the answer right, to that because right. i would like to think it's vr but darn it if those <laughs> move wands don't stink you know like <laughs> All right, Josh, anything else you want to say about uh, PlayStation and VR and whether this is a good idea for them? Yeah, someone, if anyone's listening, I need a PSVR adapter for PS5, so uh, hook me up. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> cool. All right, Josh, it is time for predictions. Um, obviously, we were rotating you know, our segments now every other week between this and homework. Yes. Uh, what do you think is going to be announced between uh, now and when the po- show posts on Tuesday morning? Avengers Next Gen Update Delayed. Ooh, that's a good one, especially since they just did a blog post yep. recently about that. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with they're officially going to announce, and maybe this isn't even like a real thing that needs amount announcement, but uh, that whole Tomb Raider Survivor trilogy, mm. I think, is going to get an official announcement. Um, I was going to go with the whole like 
Bethesda event thing that's rumored, but I yeah. think that's going to be later in the month. So I think we might be a little early on that one still. Like a week away. But yeah. So there we go. Cool. All right. With that, we are going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we are a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing that we're currently into that's helping us live that well rounded life josh what is your recommendation this week i'm doubling down on wandavision uh it has ended season one has ended um and i'm i'm starting to talk to more people realizing uh more people that i thought gave up on the show after the like first two episodes and like realizing that the show the first two episodes kind of um solidify the gimmick of the show which is the decades of television, and it, it, I think that they really focused. The first two episodes really focus on the world and not, well, the quote unquote world, and not so much the context of the show. And it doesn't really pick up until ap- episode three. So if you tried One Division and you didn't get past get to the third episode, uh, I would say give it another shot. They're only like twenty five minutes each, at least at the beginning. Um. I think uh, after the uh, not no spoilers, um, but after the finale, I think it just it leaves me in amazement at how Kevin Feige can do the things he does. Uh, it's just very impressive. I think the show was incredible. They they're still keeping this MCU character development alive in these TV shows, and every character feels interesting uh, and. They just managed to to pull it out. Like uh, I really, really, really enjoyed the show a lot, and I think it's important to watch if you are staying in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because the show will um, have repercussions in the films. In fact, um, I think I could probably I won't say what film, but it's not technically a spoiler. But uh, there is a film kind of follow up to this. In right. a way, but yeah, um, and then like mid mid through the season, they started adding credit sequences, but not the first like four episodes, which was weird or five. So mm-hmm. there's also uh, post like credit sequences. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's two. Uh, so it keeps that going too. But um, um, I, for a lack of, I didn't get to watch a couple of things I wanted to watch, so I'm gonna double down on one division and hope that. If you're hearing this and you didn't give it a chance, then you go back and at least give three episodes a chance. I would agree. Uh, I also have finished WandaVision. And if you are someone who watched the MCU movies and then wanted to check out this show, and like Josh mentioned, thinks there's not a connection and you kind of dropped off after the first two episodes, rewatch those first two episodes. Also, keeping in mind that there is a direct connection to the MCU. Yeah. And it is part of the MCU. <laughs> And maybe watch it with that lens on, and I think it'll help you get through those couple episodes. The fact that you have to say, well, watch these first two episodes, and you know, then after that, things get good, is something only... I usually don't like to give a lot of credit to shows for, or, or uh, that pass go. Like, oh, once you get past the first seasons, when it gets good, right? Right. But everything that is done there is done for a very intentional reason. And if you have any faith based on what they've done for three phases of the MCU, like just let that faith ride you for the first couple episodes because it will always make sense. And by finishing the season, those first couple episodes are better than when you first watched them. Nice. So, yeah, 
obviously WandaVision. Oh, it was good. It was good. Good. Okay. <laughs> My recommendation also on Disney Plus is Rhea and the Last Dragon, which premiered on Disney Plus Premier Access uh, on Friday. And you can also go to theaters and see it if that's a thing you're into doing right now, which <laughs> I'm not totally into. So I will get it on Disney Plus Premier Access. Uh, and I'll be honest, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Oh, nice. I didn't know a ton about it. I hadn't really watched many previews for it, but... It was, I really had a great time with it. I enjoyed it. I laughed. I cried. It was a pretty, I mean, I don't want to say it was a quote unquote stereotypical Disney animated movie from that perspective of like, there's definitely a message and you're learning things and there's emotions and all that good stuff. But watching these movies now, and I think that this has really happened with the last couple animation movies, Josh, their animation has gotten so ridiculous. Yeah. Hair, fur, water. It is bonkers. My goodness. Yeah. The things that they, they could do is just ridiculous. So even if nothing else, if you're looking for some cool visuals and some really stunning uh, cinematography in an animated movie, I think it's totally worth it. But I enjoyed it. I definitely recommend it. Uh, obviously, it'll not you won't have to pay for it down the line. It'll eventually become free, just like Mulan did and all that good stuff. Um, but if you are wanting to make the investment and kind of questioning whether you should, I enjoyed my time with Ray and the Last Dragon. So Awesome. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Border3G, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Border3G. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at Border3G at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Border3G, so please use and search for that hashtag on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch, at Why So Serious, S-I-R-R-I-U-S. And stay tuned for Dollar Cinema. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Never stop gaming.